1: This season with the team from Talking League. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We're at Monday night Team Doctor, and we've got a full house tonight. I've got Riley and Gussie joining me. How are you, Ross?
0: Good, TK. Good to be back. Second week of trial's done, so let's work out whether we double down on narratives or delete app, eh? I
1: think so, buddy. And then joining us from Wayne, Pierce Hill. He's looking pretty classy today, and he's full office get-go. He's got Gussie, man. How are you, man? Good guys,
2: serious business here, came, uh, came caressed for the occasion, but it's uh, no, it's good, we've got some hard data to uh, base this analysis off, rather than uh, narratives and uh, outdated info, so yeah, what better time to rip in.
1: You do look like a CEO tonight, mate, Ho- hopefully dumping a few players post-show, so gonna be on the lookout mate. for that, but Gussie, we've got a special guest tonight, one of our uh, audience members, Adam Middleton, all the way from Wellington in New Zealand just continue these awesome Kiwi people coming on the show. Adam, welcome to the podcast, mate. Yeah, good to be hey, here, lads. Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I, I did introduce you as from Wellington. We know b- talking to you before you love LeBron James, but tell us a little bit about yourself, mate, and how you found Fantasy. Uh, to
3: be fair, um, yeah, born, in, born and raised in Wellies, um, massive, massive All Blacks fan growing up and then maybe 10 or so years ago, switched over to League and now... You know, any game of the leagues been in the all black of the other week, so <laughs> real, real big on my league, which is quite funny. But yeah, it's all good, and yeah, cowboys, cowboys, um, am a second team. So
1: cowboys, wow,
3: Ross, you want
0: to answer? You want to ask a few questions here, mate? Um, obviously, 2016's got to be a highlight. Why the sharks won? <laughs> oh, seventy? No, fifteen, fifteen. <laughs>
1: Uh, how good was that grand final though right
3: how good it's still the best game of footy i've seen I i was just a massive fan of thurston i yeah absolutely loved him loved everything he did yeah he was outstanding
1: nice now adam you know you said before you love rugby union found rugby league about 10 years ago but how did you find fantasy footy man
3: um, actually through my older brother, he he gave me a bit of a bit of a dust up on the first year. Um, he he challenged me a little bit, and then ever since that of yeah, taken him to the cleaners got to the point where I think oh what his birthday was in February, early Feb. So I sent him the um, documentation of the rules just so you know I can have some sort of competition this year. But we'll see.
1: <laughs> now Adam I know you've been pretty good. Chatting to you in the inboxes. You know, over the last couple of years, I know that you had a pretty stellar 2021. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was real good. Um, came what I think 160th overall, which was real cool, and then um, yeah, just got just got on the big dogs and like, hopped on Savoyer when he was just coming up, and yeah, kept them on the last one when I think he scored like 150 or something stupid with it, three tries against my beloved Cowboys, which which hurt a lot. Um, but a little bit bittersweet. So, yeah, it was, it was all good. It was all good.
1: Nice. Gussie, any questions for uh, Adam on his 2021 or anything in general?
2: Yeah, mate. Best, uh, best move you made, best trade-in in 2021. What do you reckon set you apart?
3: 2021... Um, I I had a real clear cut, big guns. So I think, oh, I se- I started with Clary. That was that was all good. I think it was um, TK's advice to go Clary. um in 2021. With that's I think that's the year that Maloney left. Um, and yeah, he just said go Cleary, So I was I was on that bandwagon. I was also on the David Fitter bandwagon pretty early and. Yeah, picked nice. up um, Andrew McCulloch when he went to, um, I think he went to the Knights, was it, briefly? Um, yeah, but yeah,
2: yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. He was but, 50s for
3: fun. Yeah. Yeah. And picked up some of those guys that was, you know, 500K that were smashing out 50s. And obviously, Tavori went absolute nuts. So, yeah, a couple couple of the big dogs. Um, yeah.
1: I like, I like it, man. I like it. All right, boys, let's rip into a bit of fantasy now. Let me just find... His team, and here it is. Here yeah, it's a pretty good team already. Now, this was as of Friday. Rolly, you want to the, the honours, mate, and read the team line, line uh, team lineup out? I
0: actually got to mention his team name too, TK, Carrigan, my team, so really do like that to start with. <laughs> Starting at hooker, we got Reese Robson. In the mids, we've got Joey Tarpany, TPJ, and the cheese. On the edge, we've got Luke Garner and Jermaine Hopgood. Starting halves are Nathan Cleary and Maddie Burton. Centres are Isaac Thompson and Harley Smith Shields, with the wing fullbacks being Lockie Miller, Chance Nickel cookstar and Hayes Perham. On the bench, we've got Jackson Hastings, Tana Boyd, Elise Katoa, and Trent Liero, with the four emergencies being Ray Stone, Sean Bloor, Davin Wiley, and Tyrell Sloan.
1: Nice quality lineup. Now, Adam, I know you sent this to me Friday night, but how much has this changed since then, mate?
3: Uh, mate, I'm pretty sure I was counting through them. There's about five people in the in the same team now. Nah <laughs> <laughs> It's it's stupid, eh? I think I think work would be um yeah, a bit appalled if, if they knew how much time I was spending on this rather than actually doing work.
1: <laughs> well mate, just join the queue. If you should just see why <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah. But I can't wait to rip in for the next
1: year, you know? Alright, we'll go off this one. Rolls first thoughts on Adam's team?
0: I think you've adopted a pretty good strategy this year, Adam, spending up on big guns in your hooker mids and halves through Clearing Burton. Potentially, we'll get into it later, but I wouldn't be too worried about Burton um, and his performance on Sunday. Tarpani, I think, is going to be an absolute gun this year. TPJ, a few question marks over now. The cheese, you've just got to go with because his ownership is through the roof. The edges in Lukey Garner and Jermaine Hopgood have got excellent value. Gone really cheap in your... Uh, starting centres, which I really like. And your wing fullbacks all have upside through Lockie Miller at CNK, and we probably will touch on Perham later too, and maybe some alternatives we may look at now after the weekend. On the bench, though, I really like Boyd and the DPP cover he gives. Potentially look at another mid, say, Mark Nichols for TPJ um, and find another DPP for your bench, just gives that cover there. We look to have your DPPs on your bench just in case you have a late withdrawal to give you maximum cover. And then your emergencies, 250K, no more. Uh, Like how you spent that money there and haven't gone excessive, uh, leaving you spend the bulk of your salary on your starting team.
1: Nice. Gussie ripping in, mate.
2: Yeah, first thing that's jumping out to me, super strong captaincy option with Nathan Cleary. I also like how you're rolling with Matty Burton and Jackson Hastings on the bench, so you're really well prepared for Cleary's round three bye with quality depth in that key half position. Love what you're doing with the gun hooker and Robson in addition to Cheese. I think having that out-and-out out gun hooker is going to be key for this year because I reckon too many people are pinning all of their hopes on those DPP options with Cheese and Tanner Boyd. So I think you've done the right thing by getting a good hooker in there. Plenty of cash to be made from your edges, mate. Uh, Garner and Hopgood. Same goes for the centres and your wing fullbacks as, uh, as Roly touched on can see that you've got a lot of positional coverage in the edge slot with Ketoa, Loyero, and Sean Bloor in addition to your starters. They're all great gets and should make you a ton of cash, mate. So, nice team, looking good.
1: Nice. Now, an interesting topic I think we'll start with is how much... Emphasis we put on trial form And probably the players we look at here Is probably Reese Robson, Luke Garner Who Riley just taught, uh, touched on with Matt Burden So probably they're the three standouts As well as Perham and Nickel Clockstad. Adam, just turning to you first Like obviously you watched a lot of games over the weekend What do you think of kind of Those guys, particularly Because some of them are big kind of price guys as well Do you put much emphasis into the trials?
3: It's, it's I'd be lying if I said I didn't um, watching Matt Burden play on Sunday, when he just got absolutely ripped apart by your boys, the Sharkies. TK was um, yeah, it was hard to watch. And him and Hayes Perham, Hayes Perham is actually gone. I think after watching that display, I just can't uh, back him much to do very well at all. Um, but Reese Robson's the one that I want. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not completely sure to be completely honest. Um, but there's something I was going to throw to you guys. How much emphasis do you chuck on the, on the trials?
1: Yeah, it is a great question. That's why I kind of started with it because I saw it was on, on your list. For me, I don't think Matt Burnham is too much of a concern. I think yesterday just happened. Kikau got a HIA as well. That probably affected his game a little bit as well. They'll figure it out. They'll watch the game tape and they'll, they'll work out what went right, what went wrong. I'm probably a little bit more concerned about someone like a Hayes Perrim because he's a rookie like him to bounce back it's going to take a lot more work than burton we know what the quality he brings to the the team but riley your thoughts
0: tend to agree with you there tk you look at burton i'll throw luke garner in there as well and reese robson they've all got a sample which we can go off from previous years the cowboys are a very settled team garner's coming into a good system burton potentially going to take a little bit of time just to adjust to the new style of play which the the doggies are going to run. they playing very fast and flat yesterday. There wasn't a lot of, I suppose, block play running. It was just a lot of line running. I mean, it was real flat, fast, 40 uh, first-man play. So he may start slow, but I do think Burton will improve. I think with someone like uh, Perham, you can, not you can, but he's maybe someone you need to look at moving on to start the season just in that system. He's gonna be a slow burn cash cow potentially. So look at some other options. We've got Taruva who popped up tonight today, today today now as a potential replacement. And then throw in Lockie Miller. He was outstanding on the weekend. So there's still plenty of other options around that wing fullback.
1: Yeah, Gussie, just turning to you, someone like a Luke Garner, who's had a hell you know, he's come from York team in the Tigers, obviously he has a track record, has a lot of experience. Is it one of those things that you know they've only had five weeks together as a team. Like, can we write them off after one game of like, especially a trial game?
2: Mate, I think it's probably a bit unfair to write guys like this off after one game. But cause for concern with uh, with Garner, for instance, is the fact he's got a uh, a young Zach Hoskin chomping at his heels, mm. who's uh, who's looked pretty positive in these uh, in the, in these preseason trials. Um, I think just got to keep in mind that the grass isn't always greener. Uh, particularly when we're talking about guys like Luke Garner and Matty Burton, who a lot of people have got high hopes on. But you've got some comparable fantasy ass- assets who probably outperformed them this week in Adam Dewey and uh, Teague Wilton. Now, all those guys are costing me a little bit more coin, but I wouldn't be surprised to uh, to see a lot of coaches give Garner and Burton the flick for those two. Yep. Um, you know, Going for the people who've uh, potentially started off the year on a more positive note. But in saying that, it is just a trial. Teams uh, are yet to be set in stone. So uh, I think you can afford to buy yourself a bit of time and, uh,
1: yeah, just play it calm. Yeah, Rolls, just turning to one of your Cowboys, Reese Robson. Now, he probably had the worst game I've seen him play on the weekend. Ill-discipline, missing tackles, just giving away penalties. His running game wasn't there. Just seemed really out of character. Now, given that we're paying 783 k and 7% of people actually want to do it still – is that too much, or do you just pay up to read uh to to Harry Grant
0: it's a tough one t k because you look at last season and he's got the pedigree and the stats to back it up so yeah it it's a hard one i still i wouldn't write him off because he is in a settled cowboys lineup. there has been no spine change changes he's had a second preseason there. And he's probably going to be better prepared this year to actually be a full-time hooker to play 80 minutes. He's locked down that spot now. I do think maybe early on to start the season, he's probably going to be eased into it just because of the heat and playing in North Queensland, especially home games. So that's probably one to watch. If you do have the extra 80 to 100k in your cap to go up to Harry Grant, I probably would consider it. Just because I see Tyrone Wishart being a few, a lot of levels below Grant And he's going to have to do the bulk of the minutes, uh, do the bulk of the work for Melbourne in the middle there, especially since they've got no pappy as well. So they're losing a focal point in attack and Grant's going to have to pick up some slack there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now, Adam, just turning back to you, mate, far away, I know you've got a few questions there to cover tonight. Uh,
3: Yes, I got it. I just want to compare Robson to Marnie. Now, Marnie is, what, 100k, 150k cheaper. I... I'm more on the swing
1: towards Marnie at the moment, convincing me otherwise. Interesting one. I guess Price, but Gussie, just turning to you, because Reed came out of the blocks really good yesterday. You know, that first grubber kick, rebound for kick out of score. His defence... Mm. He wasn't missing tackles, but he wasn't making as many as we've seen in previous seasons. I don't know if it's a new strategy to conserve. New Brown did come off the bench, played quite well too when he came off the bench, but what's your thoughts? Adam wants to be convinced whether to keep it Robson or kind of pay down to Reid Marnie. What's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, boys, I've actually made this switch today. I pulled Reese Robson out this morning and plugged Reid Marnie uh, straight in there, largely based off that, uh, that energy and enthusiasm we saw early in the trial from him bit weird that he wasn't making as many tackles as he usually does. Uh, you know, you could usually bank on him to make 40, 50, 60 tackles over mm. the course of the game. He has got New Brown chomping on his heels, but in saying that, I think, uh, you know, similar to Toron Wishart and Harry Grant, I think New Brown is a, uh, you know, just a few rungs down the ladder compared to uh, compared to Reed Money. So I'm not expecting him to take up too many of, of those minutes. And also, you can bank on the uh, on the dog. He's doing you know, a bit of defending uh, over, the, over the course of the game, and Reed Money just loves being that plug in the middle of the field. So I think there's a pretty slim downside with money, whereas with Robson, based on what we did see yesterday, there could be a, a lot of downside if he does replicate that performance week in week out. In saying that, he's a quality asset, so it's going to be hard to expect him to do that. But uh, I'm liking Marnie, and I think you can use that extra hundred k or so elsewhere in uh, in your side to beef up some of your stocks.
1: There you go, convince me. All right, moving on to the next question, Adam.
3: Um, just just talking about Harry Grant. Um, the reason why I'm liking Robson over Harry Grant is because of origin. Now, Queensland are always going to pick Harry Grant nine times out of ten, or when he's fit, obviously. Um, yeah, why? Why Harry Grant? What? What's the love interest? Because surely you just plug and play Robson, right?
1: I just think for Harry Grant, Reese Robson had a great 2022, but he needs to repeat. Like Harry Grant's been doing it for years. Like he, this is probably what his fifth year of first grade, and he's been a gun from the start when he debuted at the Tigers, came back at the Storm. I just think it's more probably more a reliability factor. The fact that we've got a bigger sample size. But rolls, your thoughts?
0: Spot on there, TK. I also think as well, Grant's got four key things we look for in a hooker. He's got a running game, makes tackles, kick meters, and he accumulates attacking stats. With Robson, you look at him, makes plenty of tackles every week. He does have a running game. And we saw him last year really start to, I suppose, lay on some try assists and line breaks, line break assists, just through his support play of the middle forwards. So, There is talk of him developing that kicking game this year, but it's yet to be seen. So everything's known about Harry Grant. So if I'm going to go gun hooker, I'm going him or Cook to start with. I can't go to someone like Robson or Marnie just because of their minutes and how many are New Brown or Jake Granville going to play and how is that going to eat into their score because you're paying 7,800K for a gun you want them to be on the field for as many minutes as possible.
1: Hey, Ross, I've got Harry Grant, I today, but also I had to bring in War, uh, Warwick, uh, Warbe- Brick, I think it's his name, Will Warwick, sorry, my apologies, and then we've got Ellie Katoa, and I've got Trent Liero, four. Like, I know they've got a late buy, but give me some advice. Is that too many?
0: <laughs> I think for Will Warwick, TK, you've got to look at him as an early cash cow who's someone you're going to have out of your team probably by round six to eight. Rather, those others, as in Katoa and Trent Liero, they're gonna. We're still considering them as cows, but they're probably gonna be more slow burns just because of their price. So potentially, maybe up until is it around ten buy they've got? I think it's around
1: 9. So this round nine. So yeah,
0: maybe move them both on that week, and that's carry them up till then, and put them straight to a non-origin gun. Maybe look at someone like Tohu Harris, who will have some real certainty around his role then. Um, Joshi Curran, who's someone we're potentially interested in, but after the weekend, he may sort of drop off the radar near Kore. So there's plenty of non-Origin options there you could consider trading those boys out for.
1: Nice, I like it. Adam, turning back to you, mate. Next question.
3: Going back to Warbrook, um, first things first, did you see how good he played against the Warriors? Kind of broke my heart. But secondly... Is that going? Do you recommend going um, Hayes Perrin to up like, cashing the 60k, or is there someone else I'm missing?
1: I think, Gussie, that's a pretty good move, cashing the 60k, given the form that we saw from him yesterday. Pretty stunning. That, that, that long-range trial was pretty good.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think as well what it does is take a, a cheapy sort of wing fullback out of a team that could be struggling a bit. With uh, with the bulldogs and hence not seeing as many points next to uh, next to his name, that's an in instance of Hayes Perham. You're taking him out of your side and you're putting in a uh, you know a promising youngster from one of the best attacking outfits in the league. Uh, so I really think that helps his case. Well, I'm probably going to be doing the same thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other coaches are too. Um, I think there was a lot of love for Perham early in the season. It was based largely on the fact that we thought he was coming in, didn't really have much competition for that role. Um, but we just haven't seen it from him in, in these trials. So I think on that basis, by all means, give him nice. a green light and make the move.
1: I like it. Adam, next question, mate. Um, Bulldogs. I
3: just want to have a chat about them. Now, there's so many fantasy-relevant options. Um, you've got Burden, you've got Marnie, you've got TPJ, who some people love, some people hate, or um, well, you love that you hate them. Um, and just a whole lot of others, I'm more focusing on Marnie and Burton. Are they going to take points away from each other?
1: Great question. Before we get to that, one question I did have for you, Adam, you don't have Paul Alamotti. Was there a reason why that you've kind of not put him in?
3: I I didn't know all, all the news that I was getting, he wasn't starting. I thought it was Braden Burns and um, Jake Avarela on the centre. So there was no space for him, essentially. That's why he's not in there.
1: Yeah. I reckon maybe you should definitely consider him. He did play literally the entire game yesterday. Started on the left edge and Burns came back on it at fullback. So, yeah, I think he's someone that you definitely at 2.30 probably help you reduce or even some more cash. And given that Tyrell Sloan doesn't play that first game, he might be someone that you want, might want to sit. But back to the question, we're talking about Reed Marnie and, and Matt Burden. Rolls for me... Like, we didn't see the best of both of them yesterday. And I think they can, can actually help each other score better attacking-wise. We know the service that Reid Marnie goes out of dummy half, which I really like. So I think in terms of burden, I think he'll get better. But it, are we counting on it too early in the season? They've got to get that chemistry, right?
0: I think so, TK. And it's probably going to take him, I don't know, maybe the first month of footy through to two months to proper gel. And you're probably going to sort of start the excel then, I want to start strongly this year. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. You want to, I suppose, go with the pack more and rank highly. So come into the season, you've got to make up less ground. So, And just going back on New Brown again, he spent a little bit of time at 13 yesterday doing some ball playing and then he went on to dummy half to spell Reed. So even though Reed is the captain, I can still see him playing probably high 60s, low 70 minutes. And then someone like Burton, he's a lock for 80 every week. I just think those attacking stats, especially if something does happen to kick out early early in the season, they may struggle to come because that first 15 minutes or so, the Doggies looked absolutely fantastic on that left-hand side of the field. And then once the Sharkies sort of started to gain some ascendancy, I thought Burton really struggled to get into the game and I suppose wrestle back some momentum for the Doggies. So as a young, inexperienced half, that – probably comes with the job. But, yeah, I expect them to sort of hit their gears more around the origin period and just before we head into those major buy rounds.
1: Yeah, it's one, it's one of those things, Adam, like the Sharkies are really stingy on their defence. Like, they've got a really good defence. Their opening few games here is Manly, Melbourne, Tigers, New Zealand, Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Parramatta, Cronulla. So it's not an easy first eight game. So like Riley said, it might take probably post that Cronulla game maybe a little bit further for them to be kind of hitting their straps all together but don't freak out too much man, don't overthink it too much I think they'll, they're both quality and they'll come good eventually, just maybe not from round one but next question on man Just staying on that then, you know, if, if, if our predictions are that we're going to start slow, do we really want to start with
3: them considering that we need to um, go go with the pack essentially
1: yeah, I think- or do
3: we just oh, not, am I just overthinking it?
1: Oh, maybe a touch, but no, it's always a great topic to be thinking because we want to start fast. So Riley, I think, hit it on the head. I think there's so much uncertainty about how how long they're going to take to combine. Is it really worth taking them from round one? And for me, I'm really bad at starting. So I think Harry Grant needs to start in my team. I've currently got Nico Hines as my captain. And for t- today, I was thinking about how badly the Dolphins actually performed yesterday and I think no one better than Sam Walker's coming into my team now to save me some cash. So, yeah, that's my kind of little spine that I've got going there, man. But, yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think Matt Bernard will still do you pretty well. It's just kind of getting that timing right, and I don't think the timing's right for round one for me. But I can still see some value from, from there as well. But, yeah, don't overthink it too much, man. You've got Cleary, and I'm sure that Cleary will help to kind of push him back up a little bit as well. Yeah, i
3: like to think so, Let's Hope. Yeah. Um, my next question is regarding the big minute forward. so your Cotters, your Carrigans, your um, Murrays. Everyone knows that you don't win a championship in the first four rounds. Do we expect the likes of those fellas to come out of the blocks and play 80 off the bat? Because Murray's only got an average of like 51 mm. when he's playing 60 minutes,
1: right? No, it's a little bit high. I actually saw that when you you sent that to me. So he actually averages 61 when he plays over 60 minutes. Oh. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But is there, like, especially with Cotter, are they, are you thinking that he's going to come out of the blocks and just absolutely blast it?
1: Yeah, great question. Gussie, just turning to you, because Cotter probably didn't do that much in the trial on the weekend, but he's still pretty good mm-hmm. player. We know what quality. Carrick can absolutely shot the lights out. And then we saw this new style from Murray where he was just ball playing a hell of a lot. And he also came off the field after 30 and then came back onto the field. So what, what do you make of this? It seems like we've got three, not totally different players, but maybe a little bit different to how they finished
2: 2022. Yeah, no, 100%, TK. I agree with that. I think you, those guys are kind of in different buckets somewhat. Um, you know, Cam Murray, I think you know what you're going to get for him, but we've got to acknowledge that his price is pretty close to being maxed out. Um, he's almost fully priced where, where he is, and there is a small chance that he does lose a little bit of value week to week moving forward. Well, I think those big-minute middle forwards you want to try and target are those ones which we're thinking are somewhat underpriced at the minute. So, Adam, you mentioned Carrigan is a cracking option. But a few of those other guys that could fit the bill, Tohu Harris at 687K and also Nat Butcher at 691K. Butcher's obviously running with that DPP versatility too. Mm. Uh, but those guys could be on for big minutes and you know maybe 5 to 10 points under value at the moment. So could be money to be made there but uh yeah i think you just want to try and zone in on those guys who are a little bit underpriced particularly this early in the season um you know someone like cam murray he would give you 60s week in week out maybe even more than that um but he's just not going to generate a whole lot of value between now and the origin period which is when i think you'd want to move him on given that souths do have is it around 15 by
1: yeah Mm. very late by yep
2: yep so yeah, I think you just want to go for those guys who are a bit underpriced.
1: Rolls, well, just turning to you, it's a great topic at the moment, mids, because everyone seems to be stacking up on them, mate. So we've got the top end. We've got, what, Haas, Murray, Tarpany. A little bit lower than that, we've got Carrigan and then Cotter. But what, what do you make of kind of like the top top echelon of, you know, mids out there, Rolls?
0: I'm going with Heinz as captain, and Robbo's been pretty firm on the idea that if you take Heinz, you can't take Murray as well just because it's so much of your salary. I've Then originally I started with Carrigan and Cotter, both in my team with Tarpany. I don't want to have to trade out two players who play Origin around that same period and waste two trades. So I'm of the opinion now you need to pick one of them as well. And then on the weekend, someone like Marky Nichols is absolutely outstanding, priced at low 400s. I think he's a great option to consider as well. Tohu Harris is an in, and. In, an interesting one. Second year post ACL, um, historically an uptick in performance, but a score of 42 on the weekend and roughly 60 minutes matches his PPM of 0.7 across his career. So under a different coach as well, we're not sure the way he's going to use him. But in 2022, he did play three 80-minute games in a 14-game sample size. But it's interesting to see that when he played in 2022... Our 2021, sorry, over 60 minutes, he averaged two tackle busts and 117 metres. But in 2022, he averaged 0.9 tackle busts and 137 run metres. So there's a little bit of a downtick just in output there. And then additionally, his total tackle count per game went down by 9.3 per game in 2022 compared to 2021. So I think he's someone you need to probably give at least three dates at the start of the season just to track his role and the way Webster's going to rotate those middle forwards because there seems to be a lot of hybrid players there through near Corey. Mitch Barnett, is he going to spend some time on the edge? What sort of role Jackson Ford going to have? he spent got 50 minutes on the weekend. Is that going to go up to 60 or 70 or is he going to be an 80-minute lock? So you've got a couple of options there. But for someone like TPJ, who you're probably going to have to look to trade out now, just with the news today, he's going to miss the opening couple of rounds. I think Mark Nichols is a great one to look at.
1: Yeah, for sure. As Next question, man. Um, oh, going
3: going back to the Warriors, my my much beloved. Um, are you? Oh, I'm I'm staying completely clear of all their forwards. Jackson Ford's the only one, just because Barnett, as you said, um, Neocore, Harris. Um, Aiden for Blake, if you need to, can all the all big minutes um, thoughts. It's it's the same with the Tigers,
1: right? Stacked, Adam, like absolutely stacked. Like the guy that probably presents the most kind of upside, maybe he's Toru Harris, but he needs big minutes, right? And I guess he's a year older. I know it's his second year post ACL, but just for me, I think there's just probably a little bit more reliability in the likes of Carrigan, paying up to someone like a Carrigan, who you know he's going to get sixty minutes, like. Brisbane is so easy to kind of project because you know that both Carrigan and Haas are getting 60 minutes minimum. It's just at the at the Warriors, it's just like, where do they all fit their positions? It seems like Curran comes on the field, plays two different positions, and the Corray does the same thing. Jackson Ford, he hasn't got a hell of a lot of experience on that left edge either, man. So job security could be a little bit tight on there as well. So I think you're doing the right thing by kind of letting it... I think you've got to let it play out with the Warriors. I think Jackson Ford, given his... What he produced on the weekend is too good to pass up given his mid-edge tag because he provides some versatility. At 340k, there's not a huge amount of downside because his break even's is like 23 for the first game. He racked up 23, I think, in the first 15 minutes on the weekend. Like, he was actually getting involved, doing really, really well, which is what we want to see. So do him and then give everyone else at least a three-date rule. Let it kind of play out because you're going to need these sort of guys during the, the origin period, and then you just pick the best one, I think, man. Second, second.
3: Um, next question is the great origin question. Is it too early to think about? too early to think about it? like prioritising Tarpany over, let's say, Cotter or Kerrigan because you know that Tarpany's not going to play.
1: Yeah, interesting question. Gussie, I'll turn it to you. How much by planning and not – well, not really by planning, but origin planning, excuse me, do you put into your round one team?
2: Mate, it is never too late to, – uh, too early, rather, to start thinking <laughs> uh, about origin. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of thinking about origin. Uh, I've been burned in years gone by when I haven't. And I think, you know, if – Going Tarpany over Cotter, you think he's going to save you that trade down the track? By all means, if those guys are in the same boat and you're except, expecting similar output from the two of them, that's all the uh, all the convincing, I think, you need to, to pull the trigger and, and go for someone like Tarpany. Um, you know, those trades are just such a valuable resource, particularly towards the back end of the year, once players start getting rested. Every single year, it's a complete guessing game as to whether or not you're going to have to uh, rip your side apart Trade out your big guns and go for those who are on the field in those last few rounds. So, I uh, I, I think it's very wise to to start letting things like origin and your planning factor into who you uh, who you're going to be picking
1: up in round one. Yeah, I think so. Great advice, Gussie. Next question, Ads. Um
3: How how we saw on trials that no a very very handful of players didn't actually play their stock standard minutes. How much do we? associate that with round one? Like your forwards like, um, oh, who who was it? Like Cotter or Tarpany, they, they were cut quite short. Is that what we're expecting in round one or is it yeah going to be something different?
1: Yeah, Ross, it was really interesting just to see how the different coaches actually approached the trials, right? Ricky Stewart seemed like he didn't really care at all. Trent Robinson named a not that great a team. What'd you make kind of, that's a really good question from Adam in terms of like, how much teams put into there and what we take away from these kind of... Especially the teams with limited, like, game time together.
0: I think the big thing we need to take away, TK, is it gives us an idea of the forward rotation that coaches will utilise. Players like Tarpany were rested after 25 minutes and didn't come back on. So I think that still indicates, though, that his first stint for most games will approximately be that 25 minutes. But someone like Payne Haas, who played the entire first half on the weekend, he may not do this on a regular basis, but he showed us he can play a full half a footy. Mm. Someone like Carrigan with two 28-minute stints probably indicates he'll play 55 to 60 every week at least. But in relation to backs, obviously get an early mark. Someone like Hines, he's going to come on and play 80 straight away. But most teams um, naming and playing extended squads doesn't help also. So minutes particularly if starting forwards come round one, should increase by five to ten. Each bench, bench forwards will probably play similar minutes to sort of what they did on the weekend.
1: Nice. I like it. Next question, um,
3: let's Go. Let's go to contract year. The importance of contract year. <laughs> I'm looking at my um, love interest, David Fafita.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> everyone knows that he can shoot the lights out. <laughs> what are our thoughts? Are we going to go back down this path again?
1: Yeah, mate, I think I've put too many thoughts and narratives into your head, mate, but it's a not bad one. I don't mind the narrative of the contract year, especially when you haven't signed on the, the dot, really, because we saw Jeremiah Nani last week. Raleigh, he didn't really do much once he signed his contract, but your thoughts on a contract year?
0: <laughs> I think TK players obviously want to impress, but it's more na- narrative-based than fantasy-relevant in terms of scoring, but players like David Fafida... Their huge thing is they're attacking upside so we might see a slight uptick in attacking stats but I wouldn't base a trade or decision at the start of the year on starting with someone just due to being a contract year.
1: <laughs> Adams you, you got a lot of head noise mate with these contract talk. <laughs> Your poor employer. As, as I said
3: as, as I said I've chopped and changed my side I think it was like four times in the one day or something stupid so look. Doing, doing Sweet FA at work and, mate, fantasy's taking over life. <laughs> Let, let's just get, get rocking and rolling. Eh? This, this next week, I would be lucky if I didn't change it in the triple digits.
1: I like it. Gussie, just turning to you, mate, the narrative, the narrative of the contract talk, mate. You pay any attention to it and then also give Adam some advice on his man, David Fafita.
2: Yeah, honestly, I think uh, all players have got, you know, pros and cons, things to offer. And a bit like how we were speaking before with the, uh, you know, origin and buys, the contract year can be something that a player does have to offer. Um, I think in the instance of David Fafita, he's going to be under a lot of pressure to prove that he is still that $1 million man. So I quite like where the where the narrative is going. Um, whether or not I'll jump on him from round one remains to be seen. Probably not. Just don't know if the value's there. And I'm a big fan of three dating a player like that. But he's the sort of guy for the run home who you just can't get enough of, um, particularly if you've got the Titans who, you know, they're probably an outside chance to be fighting for those, uh, you know, bottom two slots of the the top eight. But if they're there, Fafita's going to be on a mission. So uh, I think he's one to, to set his sights on. And if you see a good run of form and some, um, you know, some cruisy fixtures coming up, they, uh, they're the sort of ones that has Fafita licking his lips. So uh, I, I wouldn't hesitate if, uh, you know, if the stars align.
1: I like it. Adam, next question, mate.
3: Um, (laughs) as you know i've been rattling them off like there's been no tomorrow um thoughts on going absolute basement price centers now even unless you're going valentine's homes because tony stags whatever if you're going the hammer remus smith they're all got the downside of one another right with similar upside so thoughts on going absolute basement price so i'm thinking um Harley Smith Shields and what are the Tommy Talao, which I'm very nervous about to say the very least, just to free up cash to go Murray as well.
1: Yeah, nice question. Why don't we go around the table and just call out who our centres are? Minor are Talao Stags and Alamotti. Riley?
0: Uh, starting, I've got Alamotti and Thompson with Talao on the bench.
1: Cool. And then Gussie?
2: Yeah, mate. At the moment, I'm running with Isaac Thompson and Tommy Talao.
1: Yeah, cool. Are you not running any on the bench? Just the two?
2: Oh, who am I carrying on the bench? I've uh no, I've actually oh I've got Averillo Avarillo in the back three at the moment. That was a uh yeah, a bit of a hasty, hasty bring in this morning. Um so there's there's my coverage there.
1: Yeah, I was very similar. I had the same as Raleigh as of this morning, but it was just looking so naked and just weird with no guns in the in the backs that I just made the decision maybe half an hour before we jumped on to have a look what Katoni Staggs looks like in my team. And I don't mind it, actually, because I think it does balance it out a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just nervous just, like, putting all, like all my eggs in one basket, and that means the mid. So I am going with probably yeah. Katoni Stags at the moment, unless something really silly happens, only because of the fact I do think he has upside. And also think that Walshy and Reynolds not playing that troll on the weekend hurt him, like, quite significantly. And I think that with them, them two in, back into the team... I would actually think that he's going to bounce back and bounce back hard. But, Rolls, just turning to you, the bouncement, you, you're actually taking a bit of a basement strategy, which Adam wants to cover. Talk to me about kind of will you keep that and is there any like intention to maybe change that?
0: I don't think go basement-basement as in 230, 250K just for the sake of it. I think the important things you need to consider are do they have 10 points of value and are, are they in a strong attacking team because... The outside backs rely on attacking stats. You are going to have the odd player, someone like Toho, back in 21 with huge run metres and tackle bus. He was able to have that high floor. But the boys at Talking League have raised some good points in starting with a gun, such as Staggs in TK's case, Val Holmes, throw Campbell Graham in the mix, Isaac Tungo. You stop playing centre roulette then and you stop wasting a lot of trades through the middle of the season if you start with that gun, so... I think it's a smart option, especially around Thompson's job security. With Milne, the boys do think he will keep that wing spot after round one just because he offers a little bit more on the wing and he is loved by his coach. Uh, I'm not sure about that yet. I'd probably want some certainty around that before round one. I've locked Alamotti in just because he passed the eye test on the weekend. He looked great on that left-hand side. And if Kikia's back, I think once Burton clicks as well, he'll – start really strongly. Smith Shields is probably the interesting one. He was sh- shipped around a little bit on the weekend. I won't be starting with him probably just because of that Ricky factor and you look what he did on the weekend. If you start with him in round one and the Tigers have already played, you've missed out on Tommy Talia, plus you have also going to miss out on that wing fullback duel if he shifts him into his centres the hour before round one. So We're all scared of Ricky and we have been for years, so I think, yeah, maybe we need to learn from previous mistakes and maybe let Smith Shields go through to the keeper just because there is that uncertainty around him now.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Gussie, anything to add on the kind of like centre roulette that we're doing at the moment?
2: Yeah, I can't stand playing centre roulette. It happens to me every year. Uh, But it is, you know, it's a bad spiral to be in. Uh, I think realistically, like, it's a good point, Adam. You know, someone like... um, Harley Smith Shields can have just about as uh, as good scoring output as someone like Misa, Um, you know. And there's more than 100k in uh, in price between them. So going cheap and cheerful in the centers, I don't think is a bad strategy at all. Particularly if uh, you know if you're going to give one of those one of those guns a miss. In saying that, you are you know potentially locking yourself in for uh, you know. Two uh, scores in the teens and low 20s week to week. And uh, that's probably going to grind your gears if you're in that situation. But, you know, if you're spending an extra, say, 150K across each of those slots and only seeing another five or six points on average, it's not much better. Uh, so I, c- I can see the logic there.
1: Yeah. Adam, the only reason why, like, another reason why I'm going to Tati Stags, they've got a late buy in round 16. I don't expect him to play Origin, even though he, he said today that he wants to play Origin. I think he's well down the pecking order. Mm-hmm after his debut last year, that wasn't that scintillating. And I guess we use so many trades on centres that I think maybe it's good, maybe it's a lock one that you think you're going to hold for a long time because we considered Joseph Swarlihi for the preseason. but given his HIA plus the Roosters not really playing on that left edge much together, it's probably a big risk to take him for round one. I do expect him to have some great performances during the year it's just, I think there'll be an adjustment period for him, and I think he did. Like, Talatau, Kola carved him up a few times in in defence, and then that HI probably proves that he's probably not a frontline defender. Make uh, ready to make that many tackles probably from round one. It's going to take a huge adjustment. So, and that's the other guy that's probably on everyone's mind is is Kola. And you know, we talked about before about maybe overvaluing trials. I think maybe his performance on the weekend would be an overvalue of the trial, and then he has to bounce back in round one, then have a buy, which isn't great for momentum. So it's probably not great to take Kohler as well, even though his price looks pretty good. We know his speed and he's kind of upside with his development, but it just seems that if you're going to take a centre to have a round two buy, it might not be worth it, man. So, yeah, that's the only reason why I'm taking a gun like Stags from round one, because I think I can hold him and maybe even hold him for the whole season and then maybe only have one other decision about getting the other centre that I want to have. It's just the fact that I've burnt so many trades in that position that I think he's a good price. Second year post ACL, I think I'm just going to go with him and, and kind of back him to actually score very, very well.
3: Yeah, good, um, good. Another question, I'll ripen. As you know, I've got a thousand and one. Um, is it? I've been tossing and turning over Aaron Clark now. He, we, we've seen last year that you come off the bench and still play 60 minutes. Thoughts on getting him in now that he's mainly off the bench?
1: Yeah, interesting one there, Gussie. Like The bench, his coach hasn't really done us too many favours about getting a DPP, but is there still any value there?
2: I think if he's starting round one, it'd be rude not to. Um, I think he's just such a tempting option if he is uh, he's starting in that number 13 jumper almost close to a must-have for 594 or 595k, wherever he's sitting. Um, So, yeah, man, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on him, but I think it really hinges on that first TLT. Um, You know, obviously, you know, he could be starting in round one and on the bench in round two, but um, it'd certainly be a good telltale if, uh, if he's starting in that number 13 jumper.
1: Definitely. I think at one stage, he might get a DPP during the year, They've got a really interesting buy period there, Adam, because they have an early buy. I think it's round six, and then they go again around 13, and then again in round 16. So the Titans are actually the first team to actually finish their buys. Their last buy coincides with Bronco's first buy. So just keep him up your sleeve, you might not get that DPP from round one. Gus does present some value. If you do get him in round one, you might need to trade him out early, though. That's the only interesting one. So, but keep him up your sleeve because of the, the way the buyers all flip around. You might need him in the back end. So, definitely someone to keep on the radar. But next question, my man.
0: Yeah.
3: We, we like, like balls to the walls here. Um, who, who averages more, um, Remus Smith or the Hammer <laughs> season long?
1: That's a loaded question, Riley. What do you reckon, mate?
0: Um, What are we looking at them for, Adam, as bench cover or to start on your side? Best start. I think based on the weekend, you've got to avoid them both. I think, and especially, I'll back it up again with this gun centre narrative. I've locked Alamotti in. There doesn't seem to be a lot of security around other centres. I know a lot of people have Thompson in their teams. I've locked Alamotti in, like I said, so that's why I'm thinking about going someone like Val Holmes now, Campbell Graham, just because it's going to be like riding a roller coaster. those. You're going to be getting 20s and 30s some weeks or te- low teens, but you might have a 50 or 60 one week if they cross for a try. Look at the hammer at the Dolphins. Probably not going to have the best season through the accumulation of attacking stats, so probably think that is one reason to potentially avoid him. The DPP would be nice though, just to give you that cover. Remus Smith's an interesting one. He's, he's in a strong Melbourne side, but just an interrupted preseason with that peck injury um, potentially one to avoid, but I wouldn't be against starting with him from round one, just being in that Melbourne system though.
1: I like it. I like it. Next question, my man.
3: Um another another big big call. Who who goes more now? Um out of Johnston, Sean Johnson. I mean, did you see that six back? It was outstanding. And Hastings, especially the way that he's playing.
1: Gussie that's an interesting one. Probably both might have lost a little bit of love from the weekend, but they play round one. Who's more likely to put it on?
2: Yeah, look, this one really could go either way, boys. Um they're kind of in a similar mold, you know, somewhat streaky halves. Let's face it, they're probably playing at bottom eight sides that aren't going to play a heap of attacking footy in 2023. So you could get some pretty inconsistent scoring out of these lads. But if I had to go at one, I think it's got to be Hastings. Uh, you know, we're yet to see a lot of uh, lo- lot of his game time in that night system. But just from when he, when he was at the Tigers... You know how much he gets his hands on the ball, and that just creates scoring opportunities. Um, So I think with a player like that, you've probably got to go with the one who gives himself more opportunities to put points on the board on a regular basis. So that's why I'd go Hastings.
1: Yeah, it's a great observation. You know what, Gussie? Because he's got a track record of scoring good in a bad team, the Tigers, last year. SJ only really Mm -hmm. has a track record of scoring good when the Sharks were good and the Warriors were good. Yep. So if yeah. we don't expect the Warriors to be good, it might be Hastings probably the better you know, choice because of the fact that, hey, he's got a track record and he loves touching that ball.
2: 100%. We've seen a bit of that downside scenario, so I think it probably works in his favour.
1: Yeah, nice. Next question, Ads?
3: Hey, look, you, you know how I love how I've got narratives all over the place. Um, thoughts on Hopgood being a low-key trap with oh. Madison coming back.
1: I think if you put him in the trap category, mate, I don't think you're going to win too many friends or too many fantasy leagues because I think we've seen kind of what he's brought to the table already. I think he'll score, you know, even if Madison comes back because you make a great observation, the fact that Madison, he will eat some minutes from someone, but it doesn't necessarily need to be Hopgood. I still think that Hopgood would score well with a minimum of 50 minutes, right, Ross?
0: Definitely TK, and I think especially in those early rounds as well, those first three. Uh, Looking at Hopgood, he's definitely, I think, a must-have. His ownership's getting up there as well. Playing a Thursday night game in round one against the Storm, expect a lot of traffic to go through the middle. So call me crazy, but he's probably not a bad VC option, actually, just in case Nico is a laid out. You'd expect him to get at least 50, maybe 55 minutes, so... Going at close to 1 ppm, you'd expect him to hit at least 50s for those first three games of the season. Actually, with Sean Lane going down now, potential for him to maybe get some edge minutes or Matto moves to the edge to cover that as well. So he may cover that and we actually not see a significant downtick, particularly if he does perform well early in the season. I can see him keeping that role and Arthur finding minutes for him just because of how well he is playing.
1: Yeah, just turning to you, Gussie. I think the emergence of Hopgood has really given Coach Arthur the ability, probably, to maybe take some minutes of RCG and Paulo just to preserve them because they're probably both going to play Origin during the season. And then Matter can. We all know that middle's middle, especially when you're the size of Ryan Madison. So, what are your expectations there? Hopgood minutes and Madison minutes.
2: Yeah, look, we've seen Madison evolve into more of a middle forward as time's gone on. He's put on a bit of size. Like, if you've seen that bloke's arms, he is just massive. Um, I think, yeah, uh, I, I think Hopgood, Hop you know, he can, he can do anything. Put him in the middle, put him on the edge. doesn't really matter. I just think he's going to score well either way. He's priced around low 30, so I think 31 points is his break even for round one. Um, and we're expecting him to score well above that in those early few rounds while Maddo is out. But even when he comes back, I think, you know, provided he's getting 50, 50, 60 minutes, you can expect around 0. 0.7, 0.8 ppm from him, uh, and expect him to put up some, some pretty decent numbers. So, uh, Adam, that hop good, uh, almost an antipod narrative you've hatched there. <laughs> Don't know if I can get on board with it,
3: mate. But, uh, if you, uh, if you get it right, mate, you'll be laughing. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's the same, it's the same with Smith, right? You can't anti pod him, you just got to go with the peck mainly.
1: I think so I think too, so. mate. All right, Adam, yeah. final question for the night, mate. Swing away. Let's, let's
3: go with the Dolphins props. Do do we think there's value there? I'm staying away from the Dolphins mainly besides their forwards. I'm talking about um, Nichols or versus Wallace, whoever gets their starting score.
1: Rolls, interesting, because you did a lot of work on Mark Nichols. People were calling you crazy during the preseason, and then it unloaded, and it saw that he was the best forward by a country mile, mate, yeah, last night.
0: Well, true story, TK. Jakey and I are actually doing our season projections for the Dolphins and we sort of had a muck around making a fantasy team together and we looked at the mids and thought, who has value? And Mark Nichols, we looked, he's he's going to get that starting prop role. We've got – Bennett's confirmed that for us. So on the weekend, he was absolutely outstanding. He did have a small sample at Souths playing that big-minute prop role starting. So I think he's won – to really have a look at uh, before round one, especially if you do have some injury concerns there with someone like TPJ. I think he's the perfect cash down candidate and I would probably personally put him ahead of someone like Stefano now just because of that job security in the pack and we're not sure about the minute split between those Tigers forwards yet and who's going to play what. So... I'm very high on Nichols, and he's probably end up in my team by round one.
1: Yeah, I love the goat. He just rips in, gets the least forty minutes, and great PPM. But Gussie, turning to you, what did you make of Mark Nichols last night? Yeah,
2: he's played his way back onto my bench, lads. Um, you know, when you compare him with Wallace, they're both the same money, sort of four twenty five, four twenty six k. But I think Nichols has just got the upside. Uh, Jared Wallace, aka the Walking Penalty, he's a demerit merchant. Bloody <laughs> loves him, um, and yeah, I just don't think you can afford to have someone like that in your side. Um, you know, he can leak points very, very quickly. Whereas Nichols, he's one of his, one of Wayne's favourite sons. He's consistent week in, week out. Loves his one percenters, and they're the sort of things that do tick over, uh, tick over the fantasy point count. So. I'm uh, I'm big on nickels, um, Riley. I'm a little bit a uh, little bit emotionally scarred that you now put him ahead of Stefano. Uh, I'm still rolling with both of them on my bench at the moment. Love a bit of mid coverage,
1: um, but no, both good options. <laughs> I like it. So, adds uh, lock him in, mate. Lock him in. I'll, say this. Look, I'll, I'll be doing it after
3: this, and now it's yeah, he's locked in.
1: Perfect. Well, mate, Adam, appreciate you joining us on talking league. It's been a little. It's been a little while in the making, mate, but uh, all the best for the season ahead. I know that you're a very good player at this anyway, mate, and I'm sure that we'll be chatting in the DMs. But, mate, thank you for for joining us on it. It's always great to make a new friend from Wellington, mate. So, thank you.
3: I appreciate it, lads. Have a good one, eh? And look, I'll, I'm sure I'll talk to you sometime throughout the season. It'll be good. <laughs> All Thanks
1: right. For All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on Team Doctor. So for the next three nights, we're going to do these live, 7.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We're going to be doing mids and edges tomorrow. Hooker and halves on Wednesday, and then we'll finish off with wing fullbacks and centres on Thursday, and then I'll also release the audio the following morning, so that will drop on the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, and then next week. So we'll be back to normal scheduling. No Monday night team doctor TLT show on the Tuesday, Wednesday we'll be doing team doctor with All Blacks captain Sam Cane. And then we'll have live QA on Thursday, Sunday with the Kiwis. Following Monday, we'll be back for Team Doctor. And then Buy, Hold, Sell, Avoid will be starting on that Wednesday as well. So plenty of content coming your way. Riley, thank you for your thoughts, my man. And we'll check you. You're going to be doing the Wednesday positionals, correct?
0: Yep, that's it. TK, so ripping us some halves and hookers.
1: Perfect. Gussie, always great to get your thoughts, man. And good to see Cindy getting some plenty of good weather there, mate. You're looking pretty good there on the hill. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: mate, can't wait. Keen can't to get uh, down to Leichhardt for a few home games this year. Can't wait. <laughs> well,
1: ladies and gentlemen, thank you again. Adam, thank you again. And we will check you on another show soon. Catch you later.